You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Again, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Cathedral in Chicago, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director. Good morning, Mark. How was your wonderful Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, a lot of turkey, a lot of ham. In fact, my brother said he ate so much on Thanksgiving even his shoes were tight. Eh, I wore my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. You know, it's amazing. A week ago today, we were talking about Thanksgiving this Thursday, and you blink. We now start the season of Advent and Christmas four weeks from yesterday. Wow. It's just going by so fast. And the weather, really, for the most part of the weekend, was beautiful. Uh, what you know, could have been snowy and rainy or uh, slushy or icy, but it was really worked out well. Also, congratulations, getting this from Brian, hockey hitman Brock, but I know football well. Well, let's put the Bears aside because oh, they, they lost again. There's again. nothing. They're five in a row, and they're headed for a losing season no matter what they do. But they are rebuilding. But congratulations out of the eight class divisions in football, the finals weekend, you know, class 8A, 7A, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There were six state championship Catholic high schools in the state of Illinois. I think, Brian, am I right in saying three around the Chicagoland area? You had Lowell Academy, you had IC, you had Mount Carmel, and others from downstate, but have eight classes of divisions, all based on size of the high mm-hmm. school. And I think it was in 2A, they were both Catholic, so one had to lose. So congratulations to all the teams that participated, and especially the uh, ones that state schools that did win. And uh, there's tough competition, and these, these kids hit. I mean, they, they are really football players, and uh, it's, it's great. It's a great game, but it's also, you know, co- football is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Yeah, now. And it really, the injuries are so real. So congratulations to all the winners. Tremendous program lined up again, 312-255-8408. And on the first Sunday of Advent, Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry launched a daily internet video series entitled Ornaments of Grace. It profiles saints, capital S, and saints, small s, people who have lived the gospel in phenomenal ways. Joining us for the first half of today's program to talk about heart-to-heart Catholic media ministry and ornaments of grace are Father Michael Sparrow, backed by popular demand, and Deacon Mark Duffy. So Michael and Mark, welcome to the program this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. Delighted to be here, Father Greg. 
Great right. to be Good with morning. You. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Now, happy uh, Advent. Happy blessed Advent to both of you. Michael, quick question. What year were you ordained a Jesuit priest? You know, I was ordained this month, uh, 44 years ago. Uh, are it's you unusual. Kidding me? Most, most, most of the ordinations are in June, but my ordination, uh, I was on the fast track <laughs> in the theology program, and so I got ordained a little bit early in November. So I just celebrated 44 years as a, uh, as a priest, 54 years as a Jesuit. Interesting. So you just had 44th year anniversary in November or earlier this month, and I have 44 years coming up in May of 2023 so we're about the same age how come you look so much younger than me <laughs> could, could you explain the 10 years the 10 years prior to what sure. yeah what yeah, did that Jesuit, entail yes jesuit formation is uh fairly long so we begin with two years of novitiate which is fundamentally spiritual training and then if you haven't finished your college undergrad college degree there's a, a college degree. Most of the guys now have already finished their college. And so there's you have to get a degree in philosophy. So there's another two years there and a year of uh, theology training. And then you go off for two or three years of practical ministerial experience to uh, see if this life is really cut out for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Uh, after uh, that period of training, which is called Regency, there's another three uh, or four years of theology. And that the usually at the end of your third year of theology, uh, which is four years total, then one would be ordained. So uh, for me, that was 10 years. And for some guys, it's a little bit shorter, depending on uh, whether you have your philosophy and your theology done by the time you, you enter for that some Jesuits, the period of regency can be shortened to two years. Uh, usually it's three years, and for me it was three. So and was in my case, it was four years formation. in the college seminary, Niles College Seminary of Loyola. That's where I met Mark Teresi. And then four years in the theology at Mundelein Seminary, University of St. Mary the Lake. So started in 71, ordained in 79. Now, Deacon Mark Duffy ordained a permanent deacon in what year? Uh, in 1999. So 23 so, uh, years ago. Yeah, 23. It'll be 24 years in May. I received uh, Sacrament of Holy Orders. Just as important, my Sacrament of Holy Matrimony with my bride, Anne. We celebrated 45 years uh, just last weekend. So, Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, That's right. Uh, that yeah, is a big wonderful. milestone, and we're, we are blessed. Now, uh, Mark, you are presently serving a deacon in what particular parish? I'm at St. Thomas of Villanova Parish in Palatine. Who's the pastor there? That's Father Chris Janchek. Tell Chris uh, I say he's hello. Been, mm -hmm. He's been with us about three years now. I'm sure you knew Father Tom Zepiela. Oh, sure. sure. He was at Holy uh, Name. Yes, at Holy Name for a long time. Uh, chaplain for the Chicago Bears, since, since you brought up the Bears earlier. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Father He was Tom chaplain for how many now. years? Uh, I, I don't recall. He did it uh, for quite a while. And I, I, can, I can tell when he was traveling, it didn't help. I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not his fault. Well, listen, tell, I don't get off topic here. It's already 808 here in Chicago on the Monday morning. Is Tell us about Ornaments of Grace. How did that 
whole idea germinate? Yeah, let me uh, jump into that. So uh, just a little bit on Heart to Heart uh, and then what is Ornaments of Grace. So Heart to Heart is a small Catholic media ministry that was started actually 30 years ago by a diocesan priest from Cincinnati, our founder, Father Jim Willig, who is a dear friend of mine. Father Jim uh, died of cancer in 2001 after a two-year journey. Uh, but he's, he's, he was a great preacher, he had, and he was uh, very committed to evangelization through media. He was the director of evangelization for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. He had his own cable television show. He had his own radio show. Uh, he uh, was also at the cathedral in Cincinnati for many years when he was the director of evangelization. Eventually became pastor of a parish. And as a way of sharing the gospel, the good news, uh, he started doing parish missions and he called those parish missions and he began 30 years ago. So we're celebrating our 30th anniversary, uh, heart to heart, from the heart of Jesus and the heart of Mary to our hearts. Uh, Corad cor loquidor, a phrase that was uh, inaugurated by Cardinal Newman and then picked up by uh, Archbishop Sheen. So I. Uh, Father Jim and I were great friends. I lived in Cincinnati, worked in Cincinnati for, for many years, and we've done a variety of different kinds of programs after the, after the uh, throughout those 30 years. Four years ago, uh, we decided, uh, myself and members of the board of directors, to do a special program for Advent, and we teamed up with Nino O'Connor, a veteran educator and teacher and gifted writer uh, to do a special program. And we began talking about different different ways of approaching Advent. And Christmas is all about the incarnation, about the word of God becoming flesh. And it's about our living the presence of Christ, becoming the face of Christ, the hands of Christ, the, the voice of Christ within the world today. So uh, Nina and... I came up with this idea of how about if we profile saints, capital S, and saints, small s, people who are really incarnating the gospel message in an extraordinary way, those who have done it throughout history and those who are doing it today. So that was the genesis of the idea, and this is our uh, fourth season of doing the Ornaments of Grace. That's great. That is phenomenal. That was a great summary, Michael. Now, Deacon Mark, how are you connected? How, how did you connect uh, with Father Sparrow, but then how are you connected to the project? Did you lose a bet? So, yeah, uh, did you lose a bet? <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just joking, I, I, Michael. I did not. I, I did not. Uh, yeah, my connection is I'm uh, the recently new business manager for the Heart to Heart ministry. So the connection, Father Michael and I connected paths uh, off and on over the last 40 years uh, so I also moved here from Cincinnati, oh. uh, actually the same year that Father Michael did, um, and we had connected. Uh, I was working there. I used to go to uh, noontime mass at St. Xavier Parish in downtown Cincinnati, where uh, Father Michael was located. Uh, our paths have crossed a number of times since we've been here in Chicago, and the best way to summarize why I'm uh, in this role is... Uh, it, it's it's all the Holy Spirit's work. Mm -hmm. uh, our our prior business manager was looking to retire, 
And uh, Father Michael had my name on his his mind, he told me. And uh, it was just a matter of a few short days this past summer that we talked about uh, my getting involved. I also happened, as it turned out, to have known Father Jim Willig in oh, Cincinnati. Wow. I worked with him he was a great way back in 1991 um, on a, a parish mission at my parish back there. So there are a lot of interconnections that we won't take time to go So Mark, into, are you then the, the business manager for Heart to Heart Catholic Media? Yes, that's correct. And plus so you, that's the overall plus, ministry. Plus you deal also, you work with Ornaments of Grace, plus you are a deacon in Palatine. So what do you do in your spare correct. time? <laughs> I spend time with, uh, with my wife and grandchildren and uh, I, I serve with Catholic Relief Services and a number of other things. So Ornaments of Grace is one project mm-hmm. among many as part of the Heart to Heart uh, uh, umbrella ministry. And uh, so I'm still getting my, uh, my, my balancing act in order. <laughs> Good. We're going to take uh, a little uh, break. When we come back, I want, we want to talk more about the Heart to Heart ministry, but also Ornaments of Grace. But I'd also be fascinated, Mark, on your diaconate journey. Um, How did you end up uh, moving toward ordination? WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. on Friday, December 2nd for the 33rd annual Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Families, friends, and work colleagues make a tradition out of gathering at this extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment, courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 2nd. To purchase tickets for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net slash events or call 312-948-6963. That's 312-948-6963. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun, and they get it. I see that light bulb go off, and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? What? You're here for 44 years? 
It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Heart to Heart, a Catholic media ministry presents Ornaments of Grace, stories for Advent and Christmas. Today's Ornament of Grace for Monday of the first week of Advent is the Roman Centurion. From the Gospel of Matthew, as Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him with this request, Sir, my serving boy is at home in bed paralyzed, suffering painfully. Jesus said to him, I will come and cure him. Sir, the centurion said in reply, I am not worthy to have you under my roof. Just give an order and my boy will get better. The Roman centurion in today's gospel seeks out Jesus to help his servant who is extremely ill. How did he know to do that? Roman centurions were generally not loved by the Jewish people. They commanded a hundred soldiers of the occupational force. Charged with keeping order among the conquered people, centurions were often involved in the daily life of those they ruled and kept their forces busy with projects in the occupied towns. <laughs> they even constructed synagogues. What a beautiful, beautiful a excerpt uh, from Ornaments of Grace, profile of a saint with a small s. Right. Um, and joining us again for our second half of our program, Father Michael Sparrow, Deacon Mark Duffy, before the break, we had chatted a little bit, Deacon uh, Mark, about your journey. Now, you're taking on this new position um, with Heart to Heart, but what, what's your background? What's your journey toward ordination, toward the diaconate? Um, how many hours do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as all of you know, we all have our story. I'll make it very brief because I want to make sure we focus on our the, the ministry, but uh, again, it was a work of the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, beginning in the fall of 1984, uh, I had an experience of uh, uh, driving my car from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh about five hours and uh, and just felt the Lord call me to, to be in prayer. And part of that prayer time, I felt in calling me to become a deacon. 
Uh, it wasn't until 12 years later that, <laughs> that I actually began formation. Uh, we had, uh, we were continuing to bring our, our five children into the world and a uh, couple of moves and job changes. But uh, so it's a lot of reaffirmations uh, along the road and uh, received an invitation from my pastor to consider formation. And it's been a, a great and humbling blessing uh, ever since then. You are certainly that's, a blessing. That's, that's the quick thumbnail version. You're, it's interesting that uh, people have to realize that a deacon, priest, we're not hatched out. It's really responding to the call of God in our lives, and it's a struggle. Uh, just for a moment, Michael, that was a tremendous presentation for today with the Roman centurion. And now that segment would have lasted about six minutes, am I correct? That's correct. Right. And so now as it continues, could we listen about the first 90 seconds? Where do you take it from there with today's segment? Do you talk about the Roman centurion more, you connect it with our own lives, you tell us. Exactly that. So this is uh, uh, today's ornament of grace. So we started the series yesterday with St. Raphael, and Nino O'Connor, who's the uh, author of the series, I'm the presenter for the series, and Nathaniel Stubblefield is our technical director who Puts, puts it all together and selects the images and then edits it. Uh, but the story it, itself is always rooted in the scripture of the day. And then yesterday we we heard the story of uh, Raphael in the, in the book of Tobit. Uh, Nina opened that up. Today's gospel segment of the Roman centurion is the actual gospel. Uh, we always use the scripture of the day, but... Sometimes it's a figure from the scripture of the day, or sometimes it's a scripture that reminds us of someone else. So in that segment of the centurion, it's continuing to reflect on his humility, his courage, his faith. And then that call to each one of us, because this is a particularly significant figure in the scripture because we echo his words every time we come to holy communion lord i am not worthy that you would enter onto my roof but only say the word so even though he wasn't a jew he was a man of tremendous faith and i think he is emblematic of the series so many of the people profiled in the uh, ornaments of grace are are Catholic and Christian, but not all of them. And the Roman centurion is, is, a, good is a good example, example of somebody outside the Jewish tradition, but he has this tremendous faith. Now, how so, do people find this? How do they find uh, the ornaments of grace? Go to, uh, it's we're on the internet, uh, H-T-O-H, stands for heart to heart, H-T-O-H dot U-S. We like to think that Heart to heart is for you and for me. It's for us. Now, so Michael, one H-T-O-H more time. Yeah, say it one more time. Us. H T O H heart to heart H T O H dot us. Now I have and an I- us is oh. easy to because it's for you and for me. Now I have an idea for Mark since he's the business guy now. Would you ever consider a printed copy of this as a reflective book for folks in the parish? To, you know, if they can't. If they maybe they can tune in to the internet, but it sounds like something that I would have on my desk and I could read every day. 
Mark, it's an idea. So, Mark, so the short work. answer to that is is yes, uh, we would and 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 we have. And in fact, uh, we have two other seasonal series during the year: one during Lent and one during Easter. And uh, during Lent, for example, we actually do have a printed booklet. Uh, we we call that series uh, during Lent Seeds of Hope, and there is a printed booklet. Uh, what you're suggesting actually is something that Father Michael and I in the ministry have been uh, pursuing. Uh, actually, that very idea, Mark, it's mm-hmm. a, a great idea that uh, parishes be able to get that and offer it to people to use along with the uh, the video series itself. Uh, so, so that's an example, Mark. I'll just interject of um, ways that we're looking to expand our ministry. We have a lot of uh, of books and CDs and DVDs. So that's why we call ourselves a, a, a media ministry. Um, uh, and and there, uh, there actually is a booklet, uh, Ornaments of Grace, uh, that we have done a, a, a couple of times as well. Oh, and so what you're, show, what you're showing on the screen right there is from our website and some of the different resources that we have. Uh, I've written some books. Father Jim has written some books. Uh, we have a number of uh, uh, CDs and lots of uh, things that can be downloaded uh, from our website. Again, htoh.us. Uh, and if you sign up, uh, if you go to the website and sign up, uh, you have the choice. You can receive content by Father Jim Willig. You can receive content from myself, or you can sign up to receive all of the content. We do a weekly Bible study by Father Jim, a 30-minute Bible study on the gospel of that day. I narrate the gospel, and then Father Jim has an illuminating explication of the uh of that particular gospel. I do a video homily every Saturday. And then we have these uh, seasonal presentations. We have, as uh, Deacon Mark was saying, an Advent series, our Ornaments of Grace, a Lenten series, the Seeds of Hope. And then last year we inaugurated a uh, Easter series and we invited almost 50 different speakers from around the country and around the world, actually, to, to come and to reflect on the gospel from Easter to Pentecost. Now, with Ornaments to Ornaments, give us a sneak preview, Michael. What is coming up tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning is on uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so each each one of the ornaments, you can listen to it uh, just uh, as an audio presentation or it's illustrated um, uh, with my kind of telling this, the stories in an animated way and then pictures of the life of St. Francis. Uh, so, one of the most most loved figures in Christendom. Uh, Quick question: I have you for another a, example. Go, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, coming up in a few days, uh, an example of a of somebody who's uh, not a saint, uh, capital S, but an extraordinary figure who's living the gospel and challenging us is a woman by the name of Jacqueline Novogratz uh, in. 2009, Jacqueline published a book entitled The Blue Sweater, uh, Bridging the Gap Between Rich and Poor in an Interconnected World. And it tells a story, a really interesting story. She was over in Rwanda, and she noticed a poor child who was wearing 
a blue sweater that looked an awful lot like the one that she had had. And she just went up and she talked to the boy engaged in conversation and she asked, could I just look at that sweater for a moment? And she pulled up the tag in the sweater and the back of the tag was her name. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was a sweater that wow. she had donated to Goodwill a number of years ago. Wow. And here that is it was, amazing. It, it shown up in Rwanda. The sweater that oh. she had, she gave to Goodwill and that little boy was wearing her sweater. In Rwanda. Now, now, here's a great one <laughs> from Michael and Mark. Later. Someone could say, oh, what a coincidence that she saw that sweater, which was her sweater. The best definition of coincidence I ever heard is a coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. A coincidence yes. is God's way of remaining anonymous. That's a great, great anonymous. definition. I, just, yeah. I, heard that, I read that once and thought, oh, what a coincidence how you met it. What a coincidence with the blue sweater. No, it's God moments, God acting in, very, in a very anonymous way. Before we, well, we need to bring this to a break here, but real quick, Mark, you are the business manager, but you really are very involved with Father Michael in this ministry beyond the business level, which I think is phenomenal. Just say something about that. Yeah. So um, if, if I had all my hats here, I could put all of them on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, business manager is is the role that I'm in, but uh, Father Michael and I are involved together in some of the um, uh, development work with uh, the, the things that are going on air. Uh, uh, we're getting a new marketing coordinator for the ministry. Uh, we're getting someone... Uh, to help with development work, we have a lot of uh, a lot of great ideas. Father Michael's a great idea person. And, yes, he is. Uh, we try we try to corral all of that and figure out the resources we have and where our priorities are. So there, uh, the excitement for me is there are so many opportunities. The the, the challenge is really focusing and and for me to have the opportunity to help the ministry in moving forward and expanding in, in new and exciting ways. We need to bring this first half to a program to a close. I think we are saying goodbye to Deacon Mark Duffy. We'll continue with Father Michael Correct. Sparrow. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining yeah. us. You're doing marvelous work. Oh, uh, thank you. Both in the work with, with Father Sparrow and in the parish as a deacon. So God bless you. And as and, a husband, and, and as a father, and, and as a grandfather. Grandpa. And as, a, <laughs> as a grandpa, too. So you're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi. We'll be back in the second half with Father Michael Sparrow and also with Tom Catapin. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial. To the Jews, though Romans worshipped pagan gods, while this centurion had to be tough to keep his job, he may have had the good political sense to be friendly with the Jewish people in order to hear any news that might be going around. Since Matthew's Gospel with the Sermon on the Mount comes just before this incident, it's possible word may have reached the Roman soldier about Jesus, his great love for his people and his miraculous powers. Perhaps this is why the centurion sought Jesus' help when he got word that his servant was so sick. That raises another question. How did he have such faith, trusting that Jesus could cure his servant without even coming to his home? 
True, he compared Jesus' power to his own ability to give orders to soldiers and expect them to be carried out. Yet it seems to be more than that. The centurion had an open heart, a heart that Jesus could touch, and a heart that could trust Jesus completely. The centurion set aside his pride and asked for a Jew to help him. He put away any spite he may have had for the Jews who hated him and just looked at Jesus' goodness. So the centurion was a man with a humble heart, and Jesus recognized this. Let us reflect on this faith-filled, humble soldier the next time we say the words of the centurion at Mass. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter onto my roof. This Roman was also selfless in one way, at least. He was asking Jesus for a favor, not for himself, but out of love for his servant, who was so deathly ill. We can bring our requests before the Lord, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the blessed sacrament. Will Jesus find our hearts humble and open, trusting that he wants to heal and make us and those for whom we pray wholly alive in his love? Can we really believe and hold on to that faith even when things don't seem to be moving in the direction we expect? Will he be amazed at our faith as he was with that of the Roman centurion? Maybe this Advent, as we take time to reflect on how the Lord became a tiny, helpless baby in order to save us, we can begin to put ourselves helplessly in the hands of an almighty God and simply learn to believe His is the only power that can save us. The Roman centurion is today's ornament of grace.